0: You're listening to messages from the middle. This is episode number 41. Let the new year be the new year. Let's get into the episode. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello, and welcome to Messages from the Middle, episode number 41. This is the first episode of 2024. It's funny because usually when a new year starts, people have a hard time remembering to write down the new year. And that has not been a problem for me because I've been putting 2024 on everything since 2023. In fact, every year we make a year in review book for my mom, me and my siblings, we put a book together and I finished it off, finished the cover and ordered it. And I put child family 2024. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I was thinking. My only excuse is that I do a lot of senior photography. And when I post the pictures for the senior, I always label it the year that they graduate. So maybe it's just that I've been putting 2024 on things. Maybe it's a sign that 2024 is just going to be so amazing. And I'm already like subconsciously looking forward to it. I have no idea, but I'm like, all right, I guess 2024, you're here. Let's go. And speaking of the new year, that is what my episode is about today. I find the new year to be a very interesting thing. For some people, it's a big deal. It's a big reset. It's a big like January 1, new year, new me, whatever, all that kind of stuff. For other people, it's just another day. For some people, they get really excited about a clean slate. And then there are people who feel a sense of dread And I will confess to being one of those people. I remember even as a little girl, like going to bed after we did the whole happy new year thing and feeling scared, like fearful of like this unknown, there's this new year and who knows what's going to happen and feeling a sense of dread. And my daughter recently shared with me that she's the same. She has a very similar, and she even says like on New Year's Eve, she'll have like a feeling And it gives her an indication of what the new year is going to be, which led to a discussion about how that doesn't have to be the case that she still, we all still get to decide maybe on new year's Eve, we feel fear and dread and anxiety, but that doesn't mean that that is our year. We still get to decide. We still have choices We still have some level of control, and what we really have control over is our thoughts about something. And I would love to talk more about that, but that's not actually the point of this episode. But I guess I just really felt like I should share that. We still have a level of control, and that is what we choose to think about something, especially the new year. So here it is it's a new year. I think of Anne of Green Gables on her line that says, tomorrow is a new day, fresh and clean with no mistakes in it. 2024 is a new year, fresh and clean with no mistakes in it. And that by no means means it will be a perfect year. But I find it a very helpful thought to at least begin with. There's a lot of people who set New Year's resolutions and big goals, or even just set intentions for the new year. Well, there are other people that, again, just think of it like it's just another, it's just Monday. (laughs) It's just another day. I can choose to set new goals, intentions, whatever, on a random Thursday, which is also true. It's however your mind wants to respond to the idea of a new year and what helps you the most to move forward. I can see the benefits of both ways of thinking. There have been many New Year's days when I'm really, again, like I said, scared and full of this feeling of anxiety about what the new year will bring. Or I can feel very sad and defeated because the year that just passed by wasn't what I expected it to be. I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do. I didn't achieve all the goals that I'd set for myself. And then I'll use any of those goals that are unfulfilled as ammunition to beat myself up and to tell myself, you know, see, look, there it is. You are incapable of blah, 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 blah. Recently, I've had a few new thoughts on what the new year can mean for me. There's an artist and a poet. Her name is Morgan Harper Nichols. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend you do. Her work is beautiful. Her art, her colors, all of it's gorgeous. And her words, her affirmations, her poetry, all of it that she shares is just so beautiful. And one of the things that she does that has struck me is she'll post beginning of the month affirmations, beginning of the month thoughts. And there was a period of time where at the beginning of each month, she would say something like, let December be December. Let August be August. As a way of just saying, to just allow for what is going to unfold. Be open, have an open heart, have an open mind. This doesn't mean you just sit there and passively allow things to happen to you, but recognize that as time passes, it's like the waves of the ocean or like the clouds in the sky. They're going to come and go. Here's the poem that she wrote at the beginning of July. Let July be July. Even here you are growing. When August is approaching and you feel a little restless thinking about how this month might end and how, this year might end, and how you are supposed to start again. You are growing, you are growing in grace, courage, and strength. The poem goes on to say, and it's okay if it doesn't feel like it. It's okay if there are moments when you cannot see the way you have grown, because for beneath the surface, the seeds have still been sown. The ground beneath your feet is still a bed for new beginnings. So much is changing around you, but you are changing too. The poem continues to go on, and I could spend the entire podcast reading it, but I will not. But I highly recommend that you look it up and read it. It's a poem she wrote at the end of July going into August, but I think it's a beautiful way of looking at going into the new year. I love poetry because it's often in poetry where you can find one sentence one word, one phrase that is a lightning bolt that sticks with you, that stays in your mind and your heart. So that's another tip for you. Choose a poem or a quote or something that really is sticky, that will stay in your mind and that will give you hope and motivation and comfort during the times when you maybe have hit some stumbling blocks going into the new year. I often choose a word. Usually the word finds me. It's very interesting. I'll often choose a word and then that word will kind of, I'll put it on a bracelet and it will stick with me throughout the whole year. And I'll find different ways to integrate that word. One year it was connection. And I found that I was worried, thinking about connection with people, family, friends, but also this was the year that I started my comprehensive Pilates training And I found I was thinking the word connection with my mind and my body, connection with how the body works, connection with the exercises that I was doing and how that was integrated into how my body felt and how I was going to be as a teacher. So I thought that was really cool. This year, I had a bunch of words come to mind, but what just keeps coming back to me is the word open. And initially right off the bat, I feel that feeling of open heart, open mind, open to newness, open to different. But I have a feeling as the year goes on, I will find many different ways that the word open will show up in my life. So now let's talk about the ways that we can let 2024 be 2024. I believe and I know that we should be making plans. We should set goals and intentions and work towards things, but also be open and know that life is unpredictable. Life is by nature unexpected. After everything that we can do to make 2024 our year, in the end, it will be what it is because that's just the nature of the world that we live in. I've learned to take that way of thinking to heart. In many cases, we set goals and big expectations for a new year. And I think that's great. I've seen people accomplish amazing big things from a new year's resolution or a goal. However, life doesn't always throw you or put you on the path to be able to achieve these goals. How many people went into 2020 saying, this is my year? (laughs) I may have been one of them. There's a chance. And then when we can't get that square peg to fit in that round hole, we fall into a shame spiral or the shame blame trap. I might still be blaming 2020. (laughs) Have I explained the shame blame trap? Let me go on another tangent. Shame. We know what shame feels like, right? You can identify shame and we don't like it. Our brain doesn't like it. We reject shame. So the idea that it's our fault, we feel shame, we don't want that. So then we look for people, places, things, years, circumstances to blame for our feeling of shame. And then it'll kind of come back to us and we'll feel shame. And then we'll blame people, places, circumstances again for the shame. That's the shame blame trap. So, like I said, there's a chance that I am still feeling some shame around things that happened in 2020 and just blaming 2020 and all the things that happened there. So, how do we get out of this shame spiral? And how do we avoid, again, the shame blame trap? And one solution that you are more than welcome to take is to not set goals, intentions, and expectations. That is definitely an option that is open to you. Comfort seems to be what a lot of us seek. However, there is no growth in comfort. There's no progress in comfort. In order to grow and in order to get better, we need to push ourselves out of comfort out of our comfort zone. We need to get off the couch. We need to turn off Netflix. We might need to put the book down. And we actually do need to do, to do the thing. In order to do the thing without falling into a shame spiral, if it doesn't all come together perfectly, which by the way, if you are on the path to really do great things, you will come up against resistance. In fact, I feel that if you are coming up resistance as you set big goals and expectations for yourself, you are on the right path. You are doing the right thing. It's not a sign that you shouldn't, it's a sign that you are moving forward and there are obstacles that you need to get over. To avoid this shame spiral, We need to find a balance of grit and grace to place goals and expectations, to find new and better ways to move forward, to work, to improve our mental, social, physical, and spiritual health. We need to find grit and push and work when we hit those stumbling blocks or we hit the place of burnout. And those of you with ADHD know what I'm talking about when I talk about burnout, (laughs) But when those things happen, and when we do need to put a push pause and take a moment and reassess, we also need to give ourselves grace. We need to allow 2024 to be 2024. We need to look back and notice that we have sown seeds and that those seeds will grow even if we take a moment to rest, to take care of ourselves and to give ourselves grace we need to notice what life is throwing at us and know that it may just be time to just allow and be. And then when you're ready, you put that grit face back on and you push and you move forward and you do everything you can to accomplish and to move forward and to move out of comfort. So with that being said, I will let you know what I have decided to do this year because I am kind of a New Year's resolution, goal setter, New Year's Day, clean slate kind of a person. And so I'll let you know what I have decided to do to give myself the best pathway towards finding a balance of grit and grace for myself moving forward into this year. So the first thing comes from Gretchen Rubin, and I have been a big fan of her for years. She is just lovely. And a few years ago on her Happier podcast, she shared this idea of, I believe it was 2019, and it was doing, it was making a list of 19 things to do in 2019. And then it was 20 for 2020, and so on. And so, and the thing that I loved about this list is it's not... 19 big hairy audacious goals. It's 19 things and some are big and some are small. She even recommends that you put things on that list that you can either do immediately or that you know you're going to do so that you can immediately already know that you will be checking those boxes. And every time we check a box on a to-do list, we get a little dopamine hit. It's real, it's legit. This is why people will write down a to-do list and they'll even write down things they just did just so they can check the box. They finished cleaning their kitchen, they're gonna write down clean kitchen, check. And you get a dopamine hit which propels you forward to continue to work towards achieving more goals. The brain becomes wired to want to check those boxes. So for example, for this year, I wrote down things that I know are going to happen. I know I'm taking my daughter on an art trip in February. So one of the items on my list is take Lily on an art trip. I know that I'm going to be shooting my first wedding. That's right after 13 years as a photographer I've never shot a wedding and this year I'm going to do it. I'm going to shoot a wedding. And so I wrote shoot a wedding on my list. And then I wrote down things that I could get done tomorrow. Simpler, smaller tasks that are something I've always wanted to try, do, whatever on my list. One of those things, for example, I wrote down, take a boxing class. I didn't write, try boxing and leave it open-ended. And I didn't write, do boxing classes two times a week for three months. I don't know if I'm going to like boxing. I might hate boxing, but I've always wanted to try it. So I wrote, Take a boxing class so I can check that box. And then there are things that I have established as habits in the past that might have become a little weaker in over the past couple months that I want to bring back into my life. And so I've written those things down. I know I can do it. I've done it before. I know I want to do it again. And so I wrote that down. And then there are some big ones. I'm not going to share those because I have some beliefs and superstitions about sharing the big goals that I can talk about later. Maybe I'll do a goal setting podcast. I guess this is kind of one, Um, but I'll share. So in 2019, I put on my list, make a cookbook of all of our family traditional recipes and I did it. And that led to, it was actually, it took more like two years, but I had pretty much everything done by the end of 2019. And then through 2020, I ended up refining it, retaking a lot of the pictures. I learned food photography. I, yeah, I put this cookbook together and that was such a cool goal. Another one was to make a quilt and I made a quilt out of all my Doctor Who t-shirts. It's, it's a pretty cool quilt. So those are other things that are just a little bit bigger, take a little bit more time. And then there are the year long goals. So That's an idea of a way that you could make some goals, have a checklist, and have it be a combination of small, simple things, a few bigger things, and then maybe just one or two really large goals that you have wanted to accomplish. And right now seems like a pretty good time to mention that you don't have to check everything off on the list. I can say maybe 19 for 2019, I did do all 19, but now we're at 24 for 24. And one of the things that I think I've put on my list every year for a while is do pull-ups. I think I started with five and now I'm just to like one, one pull-up. And I got to say, every year that I've put that on my list, it has not happened, but I continue to do strength training. I continue to do negatives. I continue to do dead hangs. So I'm still working towards it. It just hasn't happened yet. This is not a list that you have to accomplish everything or you're a failure. And then this last framework came to me, I guess, right before I was falling asleep one night. And I feel like stuff that comes to you then when your brain is kind of in that place between your conscious and your subconscious mind, I feel like that's kind of where the magic happens, right? Have you noticed that kind of right when you're waking up or right when you're falling asleep? I have felt for a very long time that there are big things for me to do and accomplish. And I have also felt like I don't know what that is and I don't know how to do it. And I've been stuck in, I don't know, and indecision and overwhelm in this, I wanna do something big, I don't know what it is, and back and forth. And I finally came up with this framework to help me break it down, figure it out, and write down action steps to get there. Three questions. The first question is, why? Why do I feel this call, this need to do something big, to create something that feels like it's been in me for a long time and it needs to come out of me, an energy exchange, creating something, I don't know, whatever it is in me. Why? That I will share. My why is to remove the stigma around mental health so that it is a conversation that we can all have. So that as much as I love the messages and the texts and everything that I get from people that say, thank you for helping me to not feel alone, that we will actually already not feel like we're the only one because we know we are not the only ones dealing with our own mental health issues or whatever it is. And the second is to create a community of people that we can all support each other and Work together and have these conversations around mental health and support and mental health of our children to create a community. So there's a why, and a why I firmly and deeply believe in. But a why is not enough. We can have a huge why, but that is not enough. Now we need to answer the question of what? What is this thing? that we can build or create, that will get us closer to our why. I started with the first thing on that list, and that's this podcast. Sharing my voice, putting my message out there, and just talking about mental health, talking about my story and what I've gone through, and allowing other people to share their stories and what they've gone through. That's the first thing. But I got a whole lot of other stuff on my what list and I'm going to be working towards that this year. And I will share those what's as I get going. And I'm really excited about these things. But again, you can write down the what's, but now you've got to get to the how. I can think about my why and I can Think about what I need to do all day. But until you get to how, none of that's going to happen. So then you get to how. So each list might get a little bit more detailed and nitty gritty. Why was two sentences, two things. What was quite a bit more, and then how was a lot more. And how will even be like, okay, So I already said, one of my what's was start a podcast. I did This is last year, start a podcast. Then we get to how. That's when you have to, how do I record a podcast? What do I need to record a podcast? How do I distribute a podcast? How do I tell people about a podcast? And on and on and on. There's more and more details. Now, a lot of times it's just get started. My first episode, I sat down. I wrote it, I recorded it, and I sent it off to a couple friends and said, what do you think? And then they were like, yeah, that's great. I love it. Whatever. I mean, I'm underselling how awesome my friends were and how supportive they were with my first episode. And then I just did some research and figured out how to do it. So that framework has really helped me to break down really the one or figure out what this thing is that I feel called to do, what this big goal is that's just kind of lingering inside of me. And I can feel it kind of deep in my, it's weird. I feel it like in my spine, (laughs) like there's this, I got to do something and it's there and it's calling to me, but it's just energy. It's just particles that have not been formed into anything yet. And that's where you need to determine why that is there, what you are going to do, and how you are going to do it. I would love to hear how you use this framework and if you felt that it helped you. I would love to see if you decide to do a 24 for 24, share it. That would be awesome. In fact, one great thing to do is Gretchen Rubin does, she'll have a hashtag that'll be 24 for 2024. And you can look at that and then people share their lists and you get to look at other people's 24 for 2024 lists. And I've gotten some really great ideas from looking at other people's lists. So let me know how that all works for you. And above all, just remember you need to find that balance between grit and grace. You need to get up off the couch. You need to do. You need to go and you need to do. But you also need to figure out and know when it's time to allow and to be and to give yourself grace because we cannot, we're not robots, we're not machines. We do need to allow and give ourselves grace for those times when things just don't all come together. And when there's big stumbling blocks in our way, and we just need to take a moment and assess and breathe, and then figure out how to move forward. Thank you so much for giving me your time this week. And thank you so much for all the time that you spent with me in 2023. Starting this podcast last year is one of the biggest accomplishments that I had in 2023. And I actually feel like I accomplished a lot last year. It was, there was a lot going on for me. And I just, starting this podcast feels like I finally did a thing. Instead of talking about doing a thing and wanting to do a thing, I did a thing. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm so grateful for every single person that has spent time with me and that has reached out, talked to me. It's just awesome. And I'm so grateful. And above all, it is so important that you know that you matter and that you are loved, no matter who you are or where you are in your story. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time. When I'm